Hi everyone, it's John and Ben and welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus the Movie. One minute at a time. And this week we are going to be talking about minute number 72. And if last week was any indication, I bet we're going to have a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Before we get into the minute, I, I did want to bring something up that I hadn't brought up on the podcast before. It just bubbled back into my mind. I remember telling you about this a couple of weeks ago, how I was researching something else and I stumbled across the website of the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences Research Library. It's called the Margaret Herrick Library in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I was, I just, for the heck of it, I typed in Santa Claus 1985. Santa Claus the movie into their search research uh, site and it brought up the files of a gentleman named Chris Coles um, it's called the Chris Coles papers I, I don't know if he was a producer I guess I'd have to look into that a bit more but this library in Los Angeles has an extensive file of Santa Claus the movie related production uh, material. It just blew my mind. And one of them that caught my attention was a photocopy of the first draft screenplay by David Newman. Story by David and Leslie Newman that dated July of 1983. And I thought, surely, if I open up a research request, some kindly soul at the library, which at the time, I don't know if it's open now, reopened because of COVID, but at the time it was still uh, closed. Surely some kind soul there, if I PayPal'd them a few dollars, would scan me a PDF of the first draft screenplay, but I was denied. <laughs> I was heartbroken. Mm -hmm. They were nice about it. They said, you know, make a reservation, and when, you're, <laughs> when I'm in L.A., give them three days' notice, and they will bring out the actual photocopy of the screenplay, but I gave it the old college try, like Santa would have said. Yeah, I don't know when we'll be in L.A. again. Maybe 2032. <laughs> <laughs> so we have two places we need to go. We need to go to this research facility at the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences and dig up all their dusty copies of Santa Claus the Movie-related uh, production paperwork. Right. They had everything. They had petty cash file of Santa Claus the Movie. We could go into the nuts and bolts of what they spent the entire budget on. I would love to do this, like just spend like, just like spend like three days just going through all this stuff. But they'd be like, you're the first people who've ever requested <laughs> this stuff. I think there were like two other like revisions of the screenplay too, but I oh. wanted to go back to the original, but they said due to copyright, blah, 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 blah. It's like, we're not posting it anywhere. It's going to be for educational reasons our podcast is educational yeah we don't get any money for it anyway, it's purely educational anyway it was a good try but now we know where a lot of this material research material does still exist yeah i mean well i'm glad it's there though i'm glad it's somewhere so anyway on to minute 72 patches commercial for the puce pop is underway the very first thing we see is that teleprompter mm -hmm. prompting patch to say from the Old North Pole, where the elves make toys. From the Old North Pole, where the elves make toys. 
Here's a Christmas treat for you girls and boys. Patch doesn't really have much enthusiasm in his voice, as, as you just heard. And we get a shot of all the dancing girls just waving those giant styrofoam puce pops around. <laughs> I bet they had to, like, recruit or cast dancing girls of a certain height. So they're kind of, like, towering over Dudley Moore. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I would imagine they would have to have a height requirement of some sort. Well, at least IMDb. And, you know, I I used to doubt IMDb on Santa Claus the movie, but they've been right every single time so far that I've doubted them, haven't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, they credit this, one of the dancing girls, to Josanne Hayden Pierce. And I don't know which one it is. I think... When Patch is approaching the camera holding the box like this, Mm -hmm. this is great. (laughs) You can see me, but the audience can't. He's holding the box in his hand. Okay. I don't know who who this person is that I'm looking for. It's a blonde blonde on Patch's viewer's left side. Okay. I think that might be her. And who is she? Well, she only has four credits to her name, this on IMDb, this being one of them. Uh Uh-huh. She was also one of one of the Bond girls in uh, let's see, nineteen eight also nineteen eighty five nineteen eighty five's A View to Kill. Okay. A nineteen eighty seven made for TV movie called A Hazard of Heart, and also a chorus girl in nineteen ninety one's King Ralph, the John Goodman movie. Okay. And that's all I got on her from IMDb. Okay, and that's the only one out of all of these that's chorus the girls that has any information? Yeah. Oh, Yeah, that's wow. the only one. It's very huh. weird. I wonder why they have these girls... Like, I wonder why they had to have brunette and blonde wig girls. Like, they couldn't all just be their natural hair color? I also find it interesting. I don't know if this is... A real TV thing or just for this movie? But we saw the teleprompter. But if you look closely, you can see somebody holding a big cue card and someone with like a pointer stick mm-hmm. going along the words of the cue card. I I think because it's live, I think they do that when it's live and on uh, in the teleprompter so that in case something happens, they have a backup. Oh, yeah. Because that would it's make live sense. television, not a... Not a pre-recorded thing. And then also maybe if they need to change cameras. Yeah. So his eye line is like looking over here. Yeah. But Patch doesn't seem to be into this at all. He's kind of monotone. Mm -hmm. It's kind of squinting. Maybe the lights are too bright. Yeah. There's a lot of things that could be going on. There's all this fake snow flying around his head too. And then midway through the commercial spiel, who do we see watching this commercial at this exact same time? Okay, so before we get into Joe here, we're at the North Pole in the book. In the elves' compound, Dooley, Gooba, and Puffy sat together in the information center of Dooley's quarters, watching the brightly painted picture box that showed them the world outside day by day. Even Dooley had had to admit that it required modern methods to keep up with the rapid changes in the world and the interests of its children. The three elves sat gaping as their former companion began to strut his stuff with the singing chorus girls. Their faces turned pale and tight-lipped with shocked dismay 
as this garish display went on and on, and Patch's obvious Christmas Eve competition with Santa Claus began to take awful shape. Dooley raised a hand. Quick, he said to Puffy, get him in here right now. And Puffy leaped from his seat and rushed out of the room to find Santa Claus. I think this was filmed. I think this is a part of the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. Because I remember a camera like panning down and you get a better look at the Elf TV. It has like a big, huge wooden globe mm-hmm. yeah. on top of it with like little things jetting out of it. Like yeah. antenna kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of see it in the end of this minute, but not as well. So... From a New York street sidewalk, I should say. Yes. Through a window, a window display that you only see in movies. Yep. Back I, in I New York City. <laughs> Back in New York City, every one of the half dozen television sets in the window of an appliance store braid Patch's message to the passing stream of last minute shoppers. And that's where Joe was. That's another thing of the past. Uh, appliance stores with a dozen tvs in the windows and then people stop and look in the window and that yeah. seems to only happen in movies yeah i think so like now i mean maybe it still happens in the city you know where people are actually walking on the side of the street like we live in a small town so the only place you can see a whole bunch of tvs like that is at walmart in their appliance section <laughs> yeah or target or best buy yeah or even back when I was getting, you know, Sears, you right. know, yeah. where you'd see all the TVs lining the wall. Yep. So Joe isn't the only one watching Patch on TV. Oh, wait, are you going to Cornelia? Because I'm not done with Patch. I'm not oh, done no, with no, Joe. Oh, no, no, I'm, no. I'm not going ahead to Cornelia. Okay. There are two gentlemen standing behind Joe here in the New York street corner. Yep. And Ben, do you know who those two people are? No. You, yeah, well, I wouldn't expect you to. Okay. But. Gonna lay some trivia for you. Okay, who are they? Tuning in with Joe are Ilya Salkind and Pierre Spangler, two of the other producers of the movie, Ilya being the son of Alexander Salkin. Oh. And Pierre was also the one who initiated the Salkins to make the Superman movie. So there they are. Oh. Standing right behind Joe in this scene. So they I thought had that like was a, pretty cool. A little cameo. <laughs> yeah got themselves in this movie huh it's so funny they have this um you could kind of see in the reflection and in this why do they have microphones pointing out towards the street like that that is a little weird isn't that weird like it's not like they have any lines so it's not like it's trying to get their lines when they're talking and we get a little more product placement these aren't just regular old tvs in the window these are sylvania color tvs Yes, because color TV is still new-ish in 1980. And they're on Christmas sale, apparently. Yeah, well, you know, everything's on sale at Christmas. It's how they get you. <laughs> so before we head over to the townhouse and Cornelia, would you like me to recite the complete lyrics to the classic commercial jingle patch not quite yet i want to read what joe was thinking before you do that okay joe frowned and shook his head he wondered he wandered down the street wondering what santa would think of this brazen competition for the hearts of children everywhere 
or if Santa even knew. It occurred to him that in a few more hours he would be able to ask in person. His heart leaped with sudden excitement and his frowning face began to smile. Only a few more hours, it was Christmas Eve. This just occurred to me. Um, how long do you think, how much time do you think Santa and Joe spent together last year? I don't know. I mean, it could have been hours. I suppose. I mean, if, if Santa and him, they were delivering presents, he could have helped Santa deliver presents all over Manhattan and Long Island. I suppose that's true. And obviously Joe made a big enough impact on Santa that he's still thinking about him a year later when mm -hmm. he's carving the elf portrait. Right. Like, Anya, remember that kid I was telling you about from a year ago? <laughs> Who I let ride around in the sleigh with me? Yeah. <laughs> Without further ado... The guy the behind Joe is smoking. He has a cigarette in his hand. Oh, which one? Is it the Ilya tall or one. Pierre? The tall one with a beard. Oh, yeah, that's Pierre. I didn't know he was smoking. He, yeah, when you... Right, if you're following that scene, right before it cuts oh, to Patch's yeah, face again. Oh, there's a cigarette in his hand. He has a cigarette in his hand right behind I Joe. I didn't notice that. Oh, Unhealthy. Man. All right, here we go. I got okay. the lyrics right here. Okay. Wh you don't where, really whatever. hear it be behind Patch's uh, commercial spiel. And also, it was cut short for reasons that will become clear as I read the words. <laughs> okay. They probably wanted to avoid some spoilers. So anyway, we've got patch natch, patch natch. You can do the chorus, girls. I'll, I'll do. I'll make a sign to you to say patch natch. Okay. Okay. I'll give you a thumbs up. Okay. Like this. Patch natch, patch natch. Someone new has come to town. Patch natch. A magic clown with eyes of brown. Patch natch. Plan to be another Santa. And to share old Santa's crown, he'll turn Christmas upside down. Patch. Natch. Now, I'm not reading it within tune. I'm just right. wanting you to, to make the impact of the lyrics. Right. He's got a brand new candy, as dandy as can be. It's puce and juicy, yeah. as you see. That doesn't sound very pleasant. No. Would you like one of my pucy, juicy pops? I mean, I'm glad they said that in the song, which makes it, makes the, when you actually see them eating the popsicle, make more sense. But, okay. He plans to make it free. Scratch ain't needed. No, hang on, I, I said that wrong. Scratch ain't no way needed. Scratch meaning, uh. Money. Money. Indeed, there ain't no catch. Zero in on our new hero, Pat. It's Natch that. He's the guy who's got it made. Patch. Natch. Lollipops in next year's shade. Patch. Natch. Our patch puce pops are really tops. One quick lick down, you're off the ground. Make Patch the man, the man who can. Sell Christmas Day a brand new way. Just attach yourself to our man, Patch. Patch. Natch. Patch. Natch. Maybe you can put in a little clip instead of uh, Sheena Easton playing us <laughs> out, as she usually does. Maybe this time the uh, chorus girl singing that song <laughs> and, uh, can, can uh, sing us out this week. So but, according to the book, according to the book, the chorus girls are singing 
um, different Christmas songs behind him, not just screaming Patch Natch the whole time. Oh, I thought there were going to be lyrics in the book too. So they're just like singing like jingle bells. Oh, like when it said it, well, in the book it says, well, the patchwork present comes from me. You'll find it under the Christmas tree. And best of all, you will agree that it's absolutely free. And the girls are singing, Dak the halls with patches, lolly, fa la 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 Which I'm glad I didn't hear. <laughs> so as well, I, can, I can see why they cut down uh, Henry Mancini's original here. Yes. Because it spoils yeah. what's supposed to be a surprise when you see what happens to anyone who consumes a puce pop. Right. And also... You wouldn't be able to keep track of what they're singing and Patches rhyme on top of it it, that we see in the actual movie. Yeah, and then in the movie we have, when you look inside, here's what you'll find. A little puce candy that'll blow your mind. Silent night, silent night, in your window leave a puce light. (laughs) (laughs) So does he only deliver to people who leave a puce light? That would cut down on your... uh, yeah. On your deliveries. And who's going to get a puce light on Christmas Eve? No one. Where, where would you even buy a puce light? I've never even seen one. And back in the 80s, you only had red, green, blue. That seems like a, a BZ marketing plan. It's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. Patch, you only deliver them to people who buy the BZ Pat puce nightlight thing. Right. <laughs> they suction cup it to their window. <laughs> or it's one of the... I picture it one of those plastic candles. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like... Uh, a lollipop style and it suction yeah, cups li- to your window i like it yeah so anyway back in the townhouse cornelia is very intently watching this tv commercial mm-hmm. she's like mm, doing the hmm putting her clenched fist up against her mouth she is intently watching she's, this she she's biting her thumb biting her thumbnail oh that's what she's doing mm-hmm and we have the return of the horrific, ugly, furry Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> the spider web tree. Yeah. They've rearranged this year from the previous Christmas. The room is in a different configuration, even though it's the same everything. Even the same tree. Yeah. Look at that tree. It's even uglier this year. There's like It seems like a huge chunk of it is missing and like balls are just dangling on fishing line. <laughs> Well, BZ is a little short on cash, remember? <laughs> it's like something out of a horror movie. Ron Cornelia. <laughs> so, Miss Tucker returns to the movie. She opens the door into the room. Cornelia, your step-uncle has just dropped by for a minute. Go in and wish him a Merry Christmas. Who could this step-uncle be, Ben? I don't They've know. kind of hinted at him throughout this entire movie. I don't know who it could be. I, I don't know. The, the picture that is under that big fish, right, as Cornelia walks in above the globe, is the same picture he has twice in his office. So he must be extremely proud of whatever he's holding in that picture, because he has it in multiple places. Well, remember there was one picture where we were debating if he was holding a fish. Maybe that is the fish framed in that frame above the photo. Could be. There's two fish in that room. Also looks like there's a King Kong bust underneath <laughs> the other fish. Which BZ has some pretty cool stuff. It doesn't seem like it's very BZ-like. Or is that like Planet of the Apes? 
I guess I haven't got far enough in my minute yet to see it. <laughs> it's when Cornelia is walking into the room, right before BZ turns around. There's a fish in the corner on the wall, and it looks like it could be Planet of the Apes or King Kong. I can't tell well, who it's supposed to be. Well, I- I'll let you know when I get to it in just a second. Okay. I- I'm still at Cornelia coming down the hallway. Oh. They are really building up this reveal here. Yeah. So Cornelia kind of knocks on the office door, which is open, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. She kind of fixes her hair a little bit. And I believe Carrie said that her fixing her hair and straightening her clothes was a touch that she added. I believe she mentioned that on the Real Fans for yeah. Real Movies podcast. I don't think it was with us, but no. that was a very nice touch. It was, yeah. And the camera's, like, following her into the room. This is kind of an impressive shot, like a one-shot deal right here. It is. It's really cool. All right, I see a lot of fish on the wall. Yeah, there are Now that we're fish. in the office. Yeah, there are three fish on the wall. I can't imagine BZ actually fishing. None of them are very big, so maybe that's the joke. He only <laughs> he mounted these tiny little fish. Somebody else caught them. Towser caught them for him. Let's see, there's a big globe. Okay, where, yeah. where's Planet of the Apes or King Kong? Okay, he's over in the corner oh, yeah. above the couch. I don't even know that's a... Is that a monkey? Yeah, I think it looks like Planet of the Apes style. But I don't know. It looks like he's wearing a necktie. I don't see necktie. Uh, remember, I'm going by the old version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it kind of looks like he might be wearing a suit. Maybe it's a bust of BZ. Well, whoever did that was horrible. It looks like All right, we're, we're gonna have to bri- a planet of the apes. <laughs> we're going to have to... Uh, I have to look it up. I have to look it up. Okay. We're, yeah, we're going to have um, to refer to the high-definition version. There's like a yeah. very large uh, chessboard. Yeah, but there's no board. It, it's there's just the a chess, chess pieces. <laughs> but it doesn't have um, any place, you know, chess marks on the on the um table there and i think there's like a stereo off to the side here okay i'm bringing up the high def version all right i I, i'm gonna join you we 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 record in separate rooms on audio tracks but i am joining you hold on okay okay this looks like night and day i know isn't it so much different what is that it's got to be a bust of him it can't be it doesn't look anything like bz though it looks like a monkey. Yeah, it does look like a caveman. It looks like Planet of the Apes style ape. <laughs> what is that? What is going on? I don't know. Isn't that crazy? I know we've said it like a hundred times over the course of the past 72, three weeks. But <laughs> man, that high def version that um, is on Amazon and the Blu-ray is night and yeah. day compared to the version that's on the dvd yeah it's amazing what they have done so anyway cornelia is approaching this desk who could possibly be in this big leather chair there's smoke from a maybe could that be a cigar coming from the top of the chair there's also a tv like he was watching tv but turned it off you would think whoever was in that chair would be watching what was going on right now because he's not at the tv studio well, in the book, he is watching TV. So I wonder if they just forgot to put the... TV image on there. TV image in there. Merry Christmas, Uncle. And the chair spins around and it's... BZ! BZ! <laughs> Merry Christmas, Uncle. 
it certainly should be. <laughs> All right, he has a cigar in his mouth. And look, Ben, I, I mentioned that the knuckle cracking would come back. And as promised, yep. look what he does. It's something he obviously does when he's in a really good mood. Because yes. he's like, ah. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, back at the North Pole, more and more elves have congregated to watch the elf TV. Now, I just want to say that in the book, according to the book, that was the first time BZ had ever smiled at Cornelia. So th this is quite the momentous occasion. And also, before we, we move on, it just occurred to me that John Lithgow was in, I think he was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So maybe this is like foreshadowing John Lithgow's appearance in a Planet of the Apes movie. When did that come out? Uh, hang on. I know we saw it in the theater. <laughs> Me and you. Well, that'd be quite the foreshadow, I would imagine. Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out in 2011. Well, I don't think they were foreshadowing it um, I, that I'm much. Calling it, you I'm know? calling it a, a prediction, a foreshadowing. <laughs> I, I hope there's a perfectly logical explanation for what we're looking at. Maybe it's a nod to Harry and the Hendersons. Maybe. Maybe it's a Bigfoot in a suit. I can't tell. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a Harry and the Hendersons would have been... I doubt it was on his radar at that point. Well, maybe it was. Because that movie, I think, was 88 or 87, so... So he could have been in the talks for it. Possibly, yeah. That seems like a more logical poll than uh, Rise of the I Planet mean, of the Apes. I mean, it doesn't really look... Yeah, but it doesn't really look like a squatch, though. No, it reminds me <laughs> more of a caveman, like I said. Yeah, was he a caveman in anything? Uh, now, there's probably zero zero. Um, I'm gonna search business correlation between bu this businessman caveman bust. Maybe it was like something in the '80s. Nope, I'm not really seeing anything. Santa is in his red suit. You know, it's almost time for his big takeoff. Right. And he is joined by Anya. We see Goobler, Gooba, Puffy, Dooley, and a whole bunch of extra background elves up in the stairway looking down at the screen. You can see the back of the globe part of the elf TV that I was talking about. And then there's this little tiny, teeny tiny wooden screen. And it's in black and white, so they're not too modern up there at the North Pole yet. No. But black and white TV was still pretty common in the 80s. I don't know how any of the other elves can see anything, though. Yeah, Santa's kind of blocking it. Well, it might be bigger than it seems, because if you go around the other, you know, before it looks at the TV, that wooden case looks pretty big. Maybe there's another monitor, like, up on the globe part. But I don't know, all mm -hmm. the elves seem to be looking at the same box Santa is looking mm -hmm. at. I'm wondering if it's bigger than it looks when they flip directions here it's interesting that when we uh see what they're seeing on tv maybe the reception isn't that great because it's like all static on the tv for a couple seconds i think that might just be an error before because... before we see patch special broadcast is brought to you by that seems to imply that it was like a whole tv special not just a 30 second commercial When's the last? Yeah. This commercial was sponsored by BZ Toys. <laughs> this commercial for BZ Toys was sponsored by BZ Toys. 
So I want to just talk about how they set it up in the um, comic book a little bit. I know I mentioned that in the last minute that Santa was carving that carving of Patch while this special was happening. When it's just in the comic book, it is just Anya and Claus watching the TV. And the TV looks exactly like the color Sylvania TV that we see in this minute <laughs> that's for Christmas sale and it's in color on the coloring in the comic book but anyway um Anya goes look uh, oh no Claus goes look Anya it's him and that's when the announcer is talking about Patch and then it shows outside uh, kids not Joe but kids looking at the TVs in the store window and there's like five kids and there's like, wow, yippee, imagine that. What an elf. You know, so like all the kids are all excited about this gift that they're getting. Then you see Joe. He's like, was he really one of the friends of Santa? And Cornelia, and then Cornelia goes to see VZ with the Merry Christmas, and it certainly, certainly will be. Then the comic book goes straight to the factory, where Patch is about to take off. Then our minute ends as Santa says, At least he's all right. At least. You know, I wasn't expecting to go off on a 15-minute tangent trying to figure out why BZ has a <laughs> caveman bust in his office, that we totally glossed over the fact that BZ is Cornelia's step uncle right how does one end up in the care of a step uncle what tragic chain of events happened to wipe out so much of cornelia's family yeah it's very it's very sad can you imagine if there was a cornelia origins movie that would be a movie (laughs) it would be the saddest movie ever it would be so a step uncle would have to be the brother of your stepmother or father? Yeah, so a step uncle. So it could be, yeah, like, or I guess it could be, I'm trying to think of the logistics in my head. <laughs> so, so yeah, it could be the brother of a stepmother or a stepfather. That would make it a step uncle. Or I suppose it could be a grandparent was a step as well, like a step-grandmother, and this is her son. It's like, why couldn't he just be a, a normal old uncle? Yeah, I mean, Cornelia just refers to him as uncle, not step-uncle. Right. Maybe they're trying to go for like a Cinderella, wicked stepmother Maybe. thing. It, it's just so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that this yeah. is the only member of the family that... Uh, she could go live with because yeah. i don't think it's just a just a temporary visit for the holiday season she obviously lives there right because she's been there for a year and she goes to school right and i i guess that's all i have that this was another another <laughs> minute i i don't know what else to say yeah it was a minute it was a minute <laughs> we're getting some quality minutes out of here and uh, we'll talk more about the timeline as we get going. Because I'm trying to figure out BZ's uh, agenda that night. 
So there's a live yeah. TV commercial mm-hmm. at point A. He's at his townhouse. And then he's going to go to uh, is Staten Island, correct? Or Long Island? Long Island. He's going to go to Long, Long Island. Island to his toy warehouse for Patch's takeoff. Mm-hmm. All on all within just a couple of hours on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I don't know why he isn't just watching the commercial at the factory. And we haven't even said anything about how time zones seem to be working. Here is Santa watching watching this TV commercial on Christmas Eve at, I would bet this was probably like 8 p.m. New York time, Eastern time. Prime mm-hmm. time, Christmas Eve. It'd be this dark yep. out. And I was sure Beezy wants the time where the most eyeballs are on the TV. I'm looking up what the time zone at the North Pole is. Yeah, what's the time difference between <laughs> New York City and the North Pole? I would think Santa probably has already taken off by now to do the other half of the world. There's no, there is no time at the North Pole, I guess. I guess the North Pole could technically be at any time. Because it is in the center of the top of the world, right? So technically, you can't really follow a time zone map because it's the top. There's got to be a way to know what time it is at the North Pole as opposed to New York. There's no specific time zone at the North Pole. Wow, we're learning something according every to Google. Week. Yeah, no official time zone. Confused. So it doesn't matter. You're not the only one. It all comes down to the way the North Pole does not, in fact, rest within any of the time zones that the rest of the world sets its clocks by. The reason being that the lines that are drawn across the world to set where each time zone begins and ends all meet at the North Pole and the South Pole. So this means the North Pole is not inside any of the time zones, but instead sits right on the edge of all of them. Of course, this does not prove to be a big problem. There aren't many people around that need to set their watches to the right time. In fact, the only people that live at the North Pole are Santa and his elves, not to mention his reindeer. At the far South Pole, actually, nobody actually lives at the South Pole at all. This is from elfissanta.uk, and there's a page called What Time Is It at the North Pole? Hmm. How does Santa even know when to take off? I guess he could take off any time he wants. He just has to see. He maybe that's what the globe is for. Yeah, I, I picture nowadays Julie probably has like a wall of clocks, like you see at the airport. Or maybe they just have a giant globe that spins with the with the timelines on it. You know what I mean? But the fact remains, like I would have thought Santa would be already in the air by the time this would be airing in the Eastern Time Zone of the USA. Maybe Santa came, would... maybe Santa comes back to reload <laughs> and then takes <laughs> off again. Maybe, but I I don't know. I mean, I guess he could technically take off whenever he wants. So fair enough. We we learn something new every single week here on Santa by the minute. <laughs> I was hoping that I know this is supposed to be in Dooley's office, but I was kind of hoping to see if I could see the clock in the background of this shot with them, but I can't. <laughs> Bring up the HD copy again. No, there's no... Cl- you can't see it. It's not visible. So... And we and it, and it also doesn't matter because we haven't figured out how to uh, decipher those elf time clocks anyway. Yeah, that's true. Remember too. our clock talk episode? Yeah. Very true. Well, I think we've uh, talked long enough about this minute. Ben, if people want to talk about more about time zones or cavemen, Sasquatch... <laughs> Puce Pops, Step Uncles. 
I don't know. Ilya Salkin. Man, we've talked about <laughs> everything. Yeah, we have. We have left no Wait. stone unturned. <laughs> you can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Santa Minute, or you can email us Santa by the minute at gmail.com. And before the chorus girls sing us out this week, I have to remind everyone that we post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday. And always, you can listen to any of those episodes. For free!